Welcome to the Two Meters Apart podcast. My name is Gates, and on today's episode, I interview my very good friend, Pamela Pineda. We reminisce about various travel stories, the effects of burnout, and how a home-cooked meal will always be there if and when I need it. Hope you enjoy. Well, uh, let's just formally welcome you to the show, Pam. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Um, you have the uh, distinction of being my first female guest on the show, which is <laughs> a very poor reflection of me, but um, I'm just super happy that you uh, you agreed to you know be on the show. Um, thank you again. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm pretty excited. That's that's good. That's what I want. You know, I I want everyone to come onto the show just knowing, you know, this is just going to be like a casual conversation. Um, a lot of people that come on, kind of have like they're like nervous at first, and I always tell them you shouldn't be. This is literally just, you know, two friends talking. It's just you know under different circumstances. But other than that, I'm not looking for anything like groundbreaking. You know, I mean, like what, forty people listen to this thing? <laughs> so well. We'll get you a couple more, maybe. I did tell everyone at the office that I'm recording this today, oh, so here you it go. felt kind of special. Perfect. Well, I'm glad for the uh, that you're able to, you know, spread the uh, the awareness of the show. I'm you're, you've been one of my bigger bigger supporters for sure, advertising it on like Instagram and all that, and I'm super thankful for it. Uh, but you 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 know you don't ever have to. I'm just just saying. <laughs> well, it's the same thing for. For what you do with me, you mm. always support all of my endeavors. Of course. So I might be throwing sugar in your face, <laughs> but you don't have to eat it. It's very true, but I will because it's me and I will eat everything. <laughs> so. <It's> true. <laughs> uh, and we'll get to all that in a bit, but I do want to start off um, just because, you know, all the, the guests I've had on the show um, so far have been, you know, very, very close friends of mine and you're no exception. Um I uh, definitely remember you and I getting um, very close as friends um, during, what, second, third year university, Um, but I don't know the exact time that we actually, I guess, like, introduced ourselves to each other. (laughs) I was trying to go back in time to try and figure it out, but I just remember that we became really good friends because we were struggling together through our our econ degrees at U of C. (laughs) Oh man, that seems like ages ago. It's a while ago, that's for sure. Oh, because we grew up together. Mm-hmm. Good old Monsignor Smith. Yeah, and your uh, but, your sister and I were in the same grade, so I was definitely friends with exactly. her first. <laughs> so we always knew of each other, mm-hmm. and we were decent acquaintances, and I would say that throughout high school as well, but it would have been second year university when I moved back to Calgary Mm -hmm. that you and I became closer. Right. And I think it's strictly because we were in the same poly class. Okay, this was poly first. Yes, it was the poly class that was two semesters long. It was you, myself, Mackie, and Raph were oh, in that class. right. Okay, yeah. I forgot Raph was in there. It was the political philosophy class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember the numbers, but I don't remember we the were class. both just... <laughs> it was a brutal class. Not in the sense that the coursework was 
anything extraordinary, mm. but it was just so dry. Right. As, as, <laughs> so, so dry. As political philosophy generally is. I mean, it's very hard to go all the way back in time and, you know, have to get all the historical value of what's going on and how it applies now, right? <laughs> exactly. We had, we were learning about Aristotle and mm-hmm. Socrates and philosophy is just not my cup of tea. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll democracy, tell you that much. But democracy. Well, <laughs> democracy is one thing, <laughs> but not philosophy. Totally I can't fair. even finish a sentence or a thought on that because it was such a dry class. <laughs> Well, regardless of the class, I knew it was really econ that we um, had our, you know, close bonding moments. Um, you know, we, we struggled through all the, the late nights. It was really the three of us plus um, plus Nathan. Yes. Uh, so it was really the four of us that, uh, you know, struggled through and we were able to survive econ 357 together, which for those of you who don't know is probably the hardest econ undergrad class, microeconomics 2. Yes, it sounds as bad as it as it was. <laughs> if you want another dry class in university that is a requirement to finish your degree, make sure you're taking that class specifically with people you know. Hated that class so much. But you guys were definitely the only reason why I got through um, being able to study with you guys and, you know, bounce uh, ideas and answers off you guys and vice versa. It really, you know, mentally got me through that whole degree. Um, I don't know about you, but you know, that's just how I feel when I think about that class for sure. (laughs) My memories of that class are specifically with Mackie's tutorials. Yeah. (laughs) If it wasn't for Mackie having a grasp on that subject, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I would have passed. I remember leaving the final feeling like I was never going to finish this degree. It was over, right? Because I felt the same. I finished a semester before everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I was petrified of having to do one class for one more semester, or that class specifically again for another semester alone. For four months of just grinding through it. Oh man. Again. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure if that were to have have happened, we would not have left you hanging. You could have totally come to us, but thankfully we all survived. Uh, Thanks. Thanks to the curve. Um, if you're a university student, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the curve saved our asses. That is damn sure. Completely. Yeah. It's funny you bring up, uh, Mackie's tutorial. I still remember that one photo that, uh, I think he took or no, wait, some, one of us took, um, it's all it of It was us. Miko who took it. Oh, okay. There you go. But yeah. Um, yeah, we were all in the in a workroom in the library, and we were all trying to work this one problem out individually on like these these panes of glass that you could write on in the workroom, and it's it just it, to me it was just so funny because it was it just demonstrated how much work that whole semester was and the struggle. Um, you know, you could there's one thing of seeing it in, in the photo, but being in that room and you know, almost having just like a breakdown as you're trying to work your way through a problem. Yeah, there's two different sides to that for sure. Yes, definitely. I remember going to the bookstore to specifically buy dry erase markers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right so before. So that we could do that. <laughs> well, they were necessary because they wouldn't let us uh, use anything else. And we needed the no. we needed the wall space. That's for sure. Exactly. 
Well, thankfully, yeah, not only did we pass that class, we all graduated with um, degrees in, in economics. Um, and I find it uh, a little ironic that the guy who saved our ass in that class is now uh, majoring in healthcare. Um, yes. I uh, left my my corporate position to pursue a job in broadcasting and maybe podcasting down the road. So right now you're the only one that has really taken advantage of the uh, their, their degree and put it to actual use. Isn't it funny? Because <laughs> I kept changing my degree mm. while I was in university. Right. <laughs> and there was at one point where I had applied to fashion school mm -hmm. and got accepted during second year right? and was ready to give up on all of this. Mm. But I'm the only one that's left. <laughs> that's so, I find that so funny, but so awesome because, you know, it, it shows that you really stuck it out in the journey uh, and it's yes. put, you in a, put you in a really good, um, good position, actually. Um, uh, we were talking right before we started recording. Um, I, I know what you do. You're a, you're a, a client associate for, um, I wouldn't say a, a major investment firm. I think that'd be a fair way to put it. Yes. So yeah. I work in finance, <laughs> um, for one of the big five investment brokerages mm -hmm. and I've been there for about four years now wow. doing various roles within the company. She's already four years. Yeah. Four years. I started right before we went off to the Dominican. Oh my gosh. That, that doesn't even seem real to me. <laughs> I know. Every, it's insane. Yeah. Every time, uh, every time we would talk about it or you would forward me, um, you know, just general like market trends, I guess. Um, you know, it, it honestly feels like, it's only been like a month, you know what I mean? Just because you know yes. you, you were so gung ho, you went into it like head first, um, and you you know you're doing you're doing very very well for yourself from my perspective anyway. Um, but you know there there comes there comes times when you're dealing with you know, um, high profile clients or you know a lot of money and all that stuff. And you know you, like you said, you've been working at this for for four years now. Um, the grind of something like that can definitely you know, take, um, take a bit of a toll. Um, I know we were talking kind of leading up to this interview as I was trying to plan the whole thing, uh, that you told me that, you know, you had taken some time off just for, you know, for yourself. Um, but you know, ultimately it's because of, of burnout, you know, and you're, you know, you're not the only one that, that experiences this. Everyone I know, including myself has definitely experienced burnout to some degree. Um, I don't know if that's something that you want to open up about, just kind of that, that whole experience. Um, and I know that that whole stress is very different from, you know, university burnout or university stress. This is real world kind of, you know, consequences or what, however you want to put it, right? Oh, for sure. The millennial burnout is so real. Mm. A lot of people were joking about how our generation doesn't know how to to work hard or how to divide their time and mm -hmm. the work-life balance is even more difficult than trying to foster your career mm -hmm. back in february well january if we're being really honest i suffered a huge anxiety attack in the middle of the day mm -hmm. at work i went to turn on my computer and there was an email for the simplest trade and by simple, I mean, you're withdrawing money from essentially a savings account. Mm -hmm. And I broke down into full tears. 
nothing, I don't know what triggered me. I have a good relationship with that client, but I couldn't breathe. I felt like my world was crashing down. Mm-hmm. And I went to go talk to one of my managers and we went through a bunch of breathing exercises. She calmed me down and then she sent me home. And I spent the next couple of days at home under the covers, basically just in tears Wow! because I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, I went back to the office. I thought I was ready to come back. I had seen my doctor and I said, hey, I need to see someone about this mm-hmm. because this isn't right. And then fast forward three weeks later, end of RSP season, the last week I had another anxiety attack and I didn't go back to the office until the beginning of June. So when people say that they need a break and they need to separate their lives from work and Mm -hmm. play, you need to do that because you know me very well. I'm a very determined hard worker. Absolutely. But it's very hard when there's so much on your plate Mm -hmm. and you feel like you're the only one who can accomplish X, Y, and Z. Right. So you feel this responsibility mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So I had to take a step back from my mental health, nope. regroup, went to therapy for it, got the treatment. Essentially, it was like going into rehab, well, except not for substance abuse no. or anything like that. It was just saving myself for myself. Right and reframing how you think about things Mm -hmm. so you can see clearly. No, of course. And first of all, I want to thank you for, you know, opening up, you know, it's, uh, it's really tough to even, you know, mention just, you know, mental health, um, in a, in a positive sense, or, um, you know, there's just such a stigma behind it. Um, a lot of people just don't like reaching out or talking about it because it just, you know, the, there's still the difference between, you know, physical and mental health in a lot of people's eyes, which I think needs to change. Um, you know, you said it, you said it yourself, you know, we have so much on our plate and, you know, we're starting to get our lives kind of under control. Um, but it takes a lot of work, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking the, the work that our, our parents did before us, but it's definitely a different time. Um, you know, it feels a lot more independent, I guess. Uh, the the work that we have to end up doing to really support ourselves, um, it can really feel like the world is against us, and um, you know everyone's got their got their thresholds and whatnot, and you know we all hit our breaking point at some point, and I'm just really glad that you know you're definitely getting better, um, you know you're you're back on two feet again. You've definitely um, you know, well, you're starting you're starting to figure everything out again. Uh, and I'm so happy that you are, um, uh, because the world definitely needs you, um, at the forefront of it. Um, I'm oh, sure, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. But, um, I, I'm, I'm sure you're, you know, you, you had really good support from your managers and, um, it really seems like it's a very supportive environment and yeah, they will, they would be very amiss if you, you know, were to leave them under such circumstances. And I get it. It's a very high pressure environment, but if there's anyone that I know that can handle pressure like that when they're 100% on their game, it's you. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you, you apply that to so many aspects of your life. 
you know, um, you're definitely also someone that um, has looked out for not only myself, but, you know, even the rest of the guys, you know, you've, uh, you've, you being in the same uh, group as them or grade, I guess, if you want to put it that way, um, you know, you were able, I was able to really, um, you know, look up to you guys, um, you know, use you guys as role models and it's things like that have definitely stuck with me. Um, I want to backtrack a bit because, uh, what I'm, the, the story that I'm getting to is of, um, one econ class, but it's a very special econ class because it was on the last day of classes. Oh at, no. At <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely want to put like a bit more of a, yeah, some, some laughs in this one too. Um, oh. but, um, I vaguely remember the day, <laughs> Um, but I definitely want to hear your perspective again, even though I've heard it a few times. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people want to hear kind of your perspective of how the day went for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about that last class bash, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Bermuda shorts day. Bermuda shorts day. That's right. Oh, goodness yeah, so you... one day of the year where i had to be the silver one because i had an 8 a.m final the next day <laughs> which is so unfortunate like i know and it's, it's going to sound really bad to everyone but with it being the last day of classes we definitely pressured you a little bit to even just have one drink with us we were all celebrating and uh, you you held strong like i said once you I are think determined I had one. You might have. i think i might have had one maybe a shot at the guys' dorm room, maybe. Mm -hmm. I vaguely remember that. But for the most part, you were definitely fine. I was the most sober one out of everyone. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so where do you want me to start? Before class? Dur or waiting think, to go into the classroom? I, I think that that's the part class. that I remember is the, the well, the most, I guess, because everything after that kind of gets hazy. But I know we were waiting for the class to start. So we're waiting for the class prior to exit the classroom and we were just waiting outside, waiting to go in. Yes. Um, well, I'll backtrack it a little bit more okay. because we were sitting in the basement of science theaters, I think, okay. where all the lockers were. Right. And I was telling you that if you need a ride home, let me know, I'll come pick you up. Okay. Which then led to you not really knowing anything. And you said, but what if I can't find my phone? So I proceeded to write on your arm, if found, please contact and put my phone number. <laughs> and then we moved on upstairs to the classroom where we're waiting outside. And I believe the class before us was having a pseudo pizza party. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. And they came out with a box of pizza and were asking people who were waiting outside, hey guys, you want some pizza? <laughs> Completely drunk and belligerent themselves. Mm. So then we get into class and I'm the only one who's able to take notes at this point. Mm -hmm. You two are all giggle fest. Yep. Can't even, you should have just left at I, that point. I should have. We, we both should have. <laughs> But it was such an important class where we were going over everything that was on the final yeah, that really I had to class. take precise notes. Um, there was another part in university where I had promised you, that I believe it was the third layer of my wedding cake. That's right. Second or third. Yeah. 
Yeah, second or third, which I'd like to keep pointing out every time I see you that I did follow through on that. You did. You did. I would love for people to hear about that. The, uh, the wedding story. Um, just first of all, that wedding was bomb. It was awesome. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. It was such a good time. And like, I, I, I know, you know, we were going there for you, you and Chris. Uh, but I, you know, for me, I just also needed to get away for, for some time. And, you know, I was so humbled um, that, you know, you invited me, uh, I was very, very, you know, happy about that, that, you know, our relationship was, um, close enough that I could get an invite to your wedding. Um, uh, but I was also very happy that you asked me to, uh, also MC the wedding. <laughs> yes. Um, you were co-emceed. Yes. With me. But you were also the comic relief of the whole event. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, I'm not going to lie. If you, if you had to choose between Miko or I for the, uh, the comic relief, I'm glad you picked me. <laughs> that and your uncanny ability to know how to say someone's last name correctly. <laughs> oh, it's man. such an important asset that people don't realize, especially this day and age. Of course. Um, I know with my firm specifically, mm -hmm. there are a diverse group of last names mm. and trying to pronounce some of them, you stutter through. Totally fair. You kind I mean, of just make it work. Of course. You know, if, if you only have five seconds to read it through, you know, you're going to stumble a bit. But thankfully, you know, you gave us the script ahead of time and I was able to at least practice like right before or whatnot. But uh, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Miko could have gotten away with uh, with that, to be honest with you. <laughs> Well, when you get the bride and groom's name wrong. <laughs> he was so close. He was so, so close, close to getting, it was it was almost seamless. And then, I don't know what happened, but he just blanked out. And then he went to a pronunciation that we, we, we talked about before the reception. We were saying, Miko, don't pronounce it to Pico or something. Just as a joke. Right. Yes. Be like, you know, the, us fully knowing that he won't screw that up. You know, he, he knows no. Chris's you know, last name, whatever. And then he does it literally at the end. He's like, congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Topico. And it's like, no, Miko, we were five seconds away. <laughs> so close. Wrapping up the night, wishing everyone a good night, literally. telling everyone where the after party was. Oh. And with such a nice sentiment. I know that that too. He he preceded that that congratulatory message with, you know, very heartfelt, you know, thanks to everyone, to you guys, and then he just I don't know that for some reason and this is how brutal it is. I don't exactly remember what he said prior to the congratulatory message, but then I remember him saying to Pico. Yeah, oh. something, something, something. Congratulations, Mister and Missus Topico. Oh, you were and so close. As soon as he said it, I looked at him and with my hands in the air said, Nico <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad that I was able to to wrap it up really quickly after that with some laugh. Yes. Laughter. And that is why you were MC. <laughs> it worked out. It worked out for sure. And at the end of the night, what do I see? My layer of the cake. <laughs> or at least the remnants of whatever layer there was. Yes. Because it was not a five-layer cake, mm -hmm. as outlined in those econ notes, wherever we wrote this contract. Because the verbal there. contract 
are important. <laughs> they are, especially in your line of work. I would imagine so. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I lived that through. I promised that you would have gotten an invite to my wedding mm -hmm. regardless of where we were in life. And you would get layer number three of my wedding cake. Well, you got the remnants of my wedding cake and forks to match and a vacation. <laughs> it worked out because that piece of cake was huge. And I remember I kept it in Miko in our fridge in our hotel room um, for the duration of the, the trip. And we kind of just picked at it for the rest of the trip. <laughs> well, try explaining that to the wedding planner when she said, oh, so we'll do, like, do you want the cake? No, but can you send it to their room? <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't want to eat it there because I knew we were going to the after party. So it's like, well, you know, yes. I don't want to like bring a cake with me to the after party. This doesn't make any sense. So I'm yes. glad that you requested to send it to the room. And I was half cut by the time we got back and I just see the cake there. I'm like, yep. Thank you, Pam, for, you know, holding your end of the bargain here. <laughs> Always feeding you. Always. Always. Um, and I think that's a very, very good segue See how I'm improving with my interviewing skills? Oh, no. I'm, I'm not even trying to, like, bait you with the next topic <laughs> at all. Oh, man. It's, it's so good, you know. You, I, I, you're not leading me on at all, are you? No. Very seamless transitions it's, here. It's perfect. It works out so well. Uh, but enough of that whole thing. But, yeah, um, it brings up a good point with the whole me eating everything and you feeding me. Because you, um, during um, uh, during the quarantine, uh, started uh, your own, I guess, baking business, home baking business, in addition to um, a previous entrepreneurial company that you came up with, what, was that a, a year ago, maybe? Or? So Maison de G started 2018. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if it was a year ago or two years ago, so. Yeah, um, so... We'll start with Maison de G, sure. which is pretty much an interiors home decorating company, mm -hmm. um, which just kind of fosters my love for redecorating mm -hmm. and uh, designing pieces specific lately for Christmas mm -hmm. more so, just focusing on holiday wreaths or any kind of wreath that you would put on a door. Sure. Um, the joke for a long time was that I'm such a princess. I can't do, like, I don't want to do specific things. <laughs> but, um, it, which is really funny because a wreath, another name for it is a laurel, which is a crown. Mm, so you, you can put a crown on anything. Right. So put a wreath on the door mm -hmm. is essentially where the thing with the wreaths came up. Mm -hmm. um, but during quarantine and my uh, leave from work, I started writing a cookbook, which oh, okay. led to a lot of recipe testing, mm -hmm. specifically trying to figure out the perfect chocolate chip cookie recipe Ooh. and other cookies, which then led to people seeing on my Instagram and asking if they could order a box. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm testing recipes, so no, you can <laughs> just have these. <laughs> And then after some quick accounting, well, you've spent so much on butter. Maybe you should start charging for these. <laughs> so it led to this small home baker business in mm -hmm. addition to writing the cookbook, right. which is called Casina. That sounds like a ridiculously amazing thing to do is not only come up with one, but two um, small business ideas and opportunities just for yourself. Um, I would never have you know, come up with something that 
you know, would have uh, monetized my my hobbies or whatnot. Um, I know uh, you mentioned prior that, uh, you know, you had a taste for fashion and all that. So when I saw you um, create Maison, um, I, right away I was like, yeah, this is Pam 100%. Um, everything that, you know, from the, from the, the patterns to the, just the ideas and the fact that you're able to, um, essentially sell it, you know, sell profit off these, this idea, um, was something that I knew that you could pull off easy. Um, and then, you know, you come up with this whole baking thing and then now, now, now I'm in for sure. Uh, there's no way I could not, not support, um, your endeavors in this. Um, so I'm super glad that, you know, you're, you're, you're catering to your audience. So <laughs> I'm very, very happy. Uh, this past Father's Day, actually, you ended up baking, um, an entire set, um, of just mixed, mixed, uh, goods for myself, mainly for myself, but I ended <laughs> for up, yourself, <laughs> but I did end up sharing it, you know, a little, whatever, whatever was left over, uh, with the rest of the family. And, you know, I, I got positive reviews from all of them too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm just so glad that, you know, you're, you're putting your time to good use, you know, while you, um, were not only in quarantine, but also, you know, recovering from, from work essentially from the burnout. Um, you know, you still found ways to stay creative and productive, you know, while we're, while we're stuck inside. So, you know, that's huge, huge props to you and, and, you know, your entrepreneurial uh, abilities really. Oh, thank you. It's one of the things that I foster in Casina specifically is the kitchen is the part of the home that I find myself in all of the time, mm. um, which overlaps with the overall theme of Maison de G, which is um, to sit down, have a drink, and let us do the work. Where right. it's Casina is um, Camitas in the kitchen. Because oh, okay. anytime we have people over, specifically our friends and family mm -hmm. well it could be anyone i'm always in the kitchen and that might sound very mundane and housewife mm. but that's where entertaining starts for sure and everything else just follows suit afterwards mm -hmm. so i wanted to take one of my passions and do something productive while trying to find myself again right that's awesome that uh, you know you were able to to stay creative in something that, you know, you enjoy, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, you're very good at it. Um, and like you said, you know, um, the entertainment aspect and being able to host parties and stuff definitely starts um, in the kitchen. Um, I know every time that I come over for, for food, obviously for food, um, you know, I'm always hanging out at like your bar area and you're, you know, just finishing up making something. Um, but, you know, you, you still take the time to, um, you know, focus on your guest um, while you're while you're still, you know, treating them to a very, you know, well-cooked meal. You're also, you know, engaged in their day or, you know, engaged in some sort of topic of conversation. And for me, that's just that's, you know, that's that's something that, you know, I first I need to like just learn how to cook better honestly but I definitely want to have that <clears throat> I guess that aspect of being able to to cater to you know everyone in the room you know I'm I, I may be this guy that comes off as you know loud funny and all that but I do also want to 
you know, show that I'm attentive to, to everyone that, uh, I'm hosting or whatnot. And then you've, de- you've definitely gone that down to a science. Um, it's definitely also, you know, I guess your personality as well. You're, you're very, um, uh, you know, very energetic, but also caring. Um, that's something I admire a lot about you. Um, so, you know, if, if that's something that honestly, that should be a reason for you to just host more parties. I think that's what I'm getting at because oh, do you just want more food? That's exactly where I was getting at. Yeah, that's uh, that's 100. percent Well, by all means, just come over. <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad I have kind of that open invite to to your place. Um, I know that uh, I can always count on a, a very good you know home cooked meal from you, and a very good conversation from you and Chris as well. Um, I know I'm not interviewing Chris right now, but you know I haven't seen him in a while. I just want to know if he's doing doing well and all that i'm sure you can give a good update on on all of that so oh yeah he's doing fine he's been engulfed in video games of course more recently he's actually broken away from call of duty which is great i have my husband back (laughs) Um, i'm not even (laughs) yeah i i don't even know how it started it's probably because we're able to see some of our friends again Mm -hmm. and we're not as isolated as we used to be right so I've been being dutiful wife and filling our social calendar as much as possible. <laughs> Whatever you so can that get by the time with. he gets home, mm-hmm. he doesn't, or by the time we get home from those engagements, he's not playing games. <laughs> right. You have to fill it up as soon as he walks into the door. So he's, uh, yes. he's preoccupied by everything else. <laughs> Pretty much. But he's good overall. He did tell me to send you, send you his regards. Oh, okay. Thanks, Chris. I uh, hope you listen to this episode because, uh, you know, I miss you too. You probably won't. My <laughs> voice is so cringy. I probably, I'm re- trying really hard to do my prof- professional voice. Oh, uh, that's fair. I have no professional voice, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> I'm just sort of stuttering my way through interviews as I go. <laughs> well, I'm going to switch the topic now because we did recently go on vacation. We did, yes. And one of the things that we did was make you read the pocket dog menu <laughs> in different tones. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. While we were on the right? Yep. While we were waiting. <laughs> so I think one of them was, kids, use your sports anchor voice. <laughs> That's right. And which you just... automatically were able to turn on. <laughs> it was just so over the top. You know, I definitely channeled my like 70s, 80s sports radio voice for for that one but um i definitely feel like you know once i start getting used to the sound of my own voice that uh you know i think naturally i think i have a a knack for it and also the whole you know knowing how sports works (laughs) kind of kind of helps with uh, with all that too no that's very true Mm -hmm. it's just an uncanny ability that you have to go from a very juvenile topic Mm -hmm. But maintain the same tone of voice. Right. I know for me, when I have my professional voice, people think I'm mad at them. <laughs> oh, no. And then all of a sudden, my voice just, it goes up and down in tone. Right. Gets a little bit more bubbly. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. Like, you're, uh, even though you are, you know, the uh, the caring one in the group, you know, you also come off as a bit of the motherly one as well. So we know when to when to you know listen when we have to when when we hear that tone it's like now we know Pam wants that's control a, of the room. <laughs> oh, that's a nice way of. I, am I allowed to swear on this? Oh yeah, of course. That's a nice way of saying your bitchy voice comes out. 
I didn't say it. You said it. Okay, you said it. Okay, okay. I never went to sugarcoat how I'm feeling, <laughs> as you know. Of course, you definitely tell it like it is. And again, another another quality or aspect that I you know appreciate about you is that when uh, when push comes to shove, we know where you stand. Um, you know, there's no cutting around it for sure. I do yeah. want to go back to you know that uh, the whole vacation. I definitely at first um, felt like a bit on the outside. I really only knew you and Chris um, the most. Um, everyone else I had either met at your wedding, which would have been uh, at that time, I guess, two and a half years uh, prior uh, or not met at all. Um, so um, for me, one of my biggest anxieties, I guess, is actually introducing myself in a new group. Um, I'm very good okay. once I'm like established or actually have, you know, started conversation within a group, but breaking the ice is something to this day that I still have issues with. Um, and I, I don't know if it's something that goes back to university or high school or whatnot when it comes to I guess just like a small sense of rejection or just you know not being accepted or whatnot but like I said once I kind of get my foot in the door start talking to people and engaging people and, and you know learning about other people that's where I feel most comfortable and then that's when I can start you know cracking jokes and all that um so um yeah even though um I had only really known you and and Chris um, I really felt by the end of that whole trip that, you know, the, the rest of us really became very close, um, very good friends. Uh, I know Brent and I, um, message each other from time to time talking about anything, you know, from the Simpsons to hockey. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, you know, I, I appreciate so much in someone that I really have only had a handful of interactions with. So I want to thank you for, you know, inviting me on the trip because I was able to interact with everyone and everyone's so awesome. Like I know, I know you being, you know, my friend, I, I see that whenever we hang out, but getting to, to see all the people that are close to you as well. Um, you know, it just was such a, such a great experience for me and it, it was Hawaii. I mean, how do you, how do you pass that up? <laughs> you know? No, it's funny that you say that because when I think of the person who would be amazing at breaking the ice and not feel uncomfortable or awkward in a situation. Mm -hmm. I think of you. Really? <laughs> yes. I actually think of you, whereas I would say I'm more quiet, standoff, or not standoffish, but I observe more before mm -hmm. I start to right. open up. So, like, the permanent bitch face comes out, and I'm. <laughs> I feel like I'm not interested. I don't want anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. But really, I'm just like trying to read your personality, see what I can say. Mm -hmm. Whereas with you, I always assume that because you have such confidence about yourself, that like you're the belle of the ball. <laughs> and it, being able to like see you and like have a dance off with Chris in front of like all these random strangers <laughs> at this bar in Hawaii. <laughs> not giving a fuck about what's going nope, on and nope. going to see the turtles. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh man, it's all about the turtles. It's all about those turtles. <laughs> I definitely, at first, like if, like, you, you know, you, you knowing me, um, I guess you can definitely see a sense of, you know, confidence and all that being able to, to socialize. But yeah, no, even, even now I uh, still find it 
a little difficult to, you know, introduce myself. Um, you know, I, I, I always feel like I need, you know, someone else who kind of knows the group to kind of push me to, you know, towards it. And then from there, it's like, okay, now I, now that I have the in, I can start to, you know, talk and, you know, potentially, you know, get in good with these people. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, and for, for your group of friends, um, you know, I definitely had you to kind of help me, you know, jump in head first and everyone was just, you know, so, so awesome and welcoming. And they're just such a great group of people, uh, like halfway through the trip, all, all I wanted to do was just plan the next one with you guys. Oh yeah. Just because like the, the whole group dynamic was just so fun. Um, and it's so, it was so different from what I guess I'm used to with the guys, uh, with the guys, I know what I'm getting and every time is a good time. Um, but it's, it's also nice once in a while to get something different, uh, because the, you know, like the guys and I can be quite the handful and you you know that. (laughs) You, yes, you guys are quite the handful and, um, over the years, I know I've definitely become a little bit more distant, just given mm-hmm. I was never, I floated in and out. Right. I come in during specific times mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just kind of the nature of my relationship with them as well. Right. But for you, with my group of friends, like my core group of friends, mm-hmm. you just fit so seamlessly into <laughs> that, that a lot of them were saying, it explains why you are so close with mm. him mm-hmm. and like the next vacation would just be awesome. Oh, for sure. Um, I think a lot of that stems from, uh, your wedding actually, uh, just getting to know everyone for the first time there. Um, and just seeing how really like you interacted with your core group of friends. Um, I think up until that point, um, I hadn't really seen it. Um, it's really just been, you know, us interacting at school essentially. Um, yes. Like I said, we, we really didn't become super, super close friends until the tail end of university when we had to take those econ classes together. Uh, and, you know, uh, we definitely built on that when it came to, you know, uh, your wedding and being able to go to, you know, Hawaii together and all that. So I definitely feel like our friendship is at a, you know, an all-time high, really, where we are. Um, like, you know, like we mentioned before, the fact that I essentially have an open door policy, um, to your place whenever, you know, whenever I am hungry, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) Um, Um, it's funny that you say that, mm -hmm. um, because it's unspoken, but I remember one specific point of university was we were picking who were, who was going to be godparents to your children. Oh yeah. (laughs) And this was when I was still pursuing, or at least going back and forth between do I want to go into fashion? But mm-hmm. one of the deals was your first child will be my godson or goddaughter. Yep. And they might never see me, but a box of clothes will show up. will just be there. That's yeah. right. And that's at the time, I definitely hoped that my first kid would be a, a little girl just so, you know, she could get the same, you know, fashion sense that you would bestow upon her essentially. You mean um, parameters? Yes. Okay. Fair. That you're not allowed to bring that bloody hoodie to Hawaii. <laughs> you made that abundantly clear. It's and it's funny because that hoodie's my travel hoodie. 
Um, and I, think I don't I, care if it's your trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you, I told you why, right? Because if it ends up getting lost or torn up or whatever, it's not really that big of a loss. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> would you not be upset? That hoodie was the pinnacle of university. The amount of times I saw you wearing that hoodie mm-hmm. and picked you up, drove yep. you to school wearing that same hoodie. <laughs> if that thing went to Hawaii with you, mm-hmm. it would have been thrown into the ocean. Oh my God. <laughs> where I would have given it to the chickens so that they could use it as nesting material. <laughs> well, thankfully, thankfully I didn't bring it because I, I knew... I knew it would irritate you. <laughs> Something oh. that you had seen literally every day of like your fourth year. <laughs> what would have been worse would have been if you started playing Sean Paul in the house. Mm, mm-hmm. And I happened. wish this was a topic that came up when you were uh, chatting with Paulo oh, during his God. podcast. <laughs> because I think that story is the peak of our friendship. Jeez. <laughs> I still I still remember one distinct day where you picked the both of us up uh, on the way to school and we actually had this discussion either the night before or right before you picked us up but um we knew this we were going to do this but Paulo got his Sean Paul CD and he was ready to go and he got in the front seat and I got in the back and you know it was a good day it was I remember it being a really nice day and you know you were pretty happy you were just like oh you know picking my friends up we're gonna have a you know good Going day to school, school whatever Ooh. yeah it'll be it'll be solid you know and then um <laughs> and then paul was like hey pam i got i got an awesome cd mix that i gotta show you and i don't know if you clued in at that point or if you clued in at all prior to listening to the cd but i think he put it in so fast uh that you didn't have time to react to the uh, the art on the CD. And then Sean Paul started playing. And yes. this is, we were coming to the point where we were passing over, we were exiting our community and we we're passing over the bridge onto the main we were, highway. We of, were on Deerfoot. Yeah. No, I thought I thought we were just about to get on a Deerfoot. No, no, we were on Deerfoot. Oh, okay. I, was, I, was, I could have sworn that you ejected the CD so fast, rolled down your window and literally almost threw the CD out. out the window. Yeah, yeah, the CD almost hit pavement. And if Paulo, if if Paulo hadn't owned that CD, I'm sure he would have let you. But he definitely spent money on that. And you know, anything you spend money on at that young young of an age is like you want to keep. So did he actually go out and buy it? Because I remember him saying that. No, don't throw it. Don't throw it out the window. It's Addison's CD. It's Addison. <laughs> so then it's Addison's. Then so someone in the in that house bought it or owned it. Uh, but it, it just made for one of the funnier mornings I've had in at my undergrad because I know the whole way that's all we talked about and I don't know if I couldn't tell like what your expression was because I was in the back seat but I was laughing the entire I was way. so angry <laughs> we ruined your day <laughs> I was so angry and then a few days later mm-hmm. there were flyers all over the school saying Sean Paul was coming to oh, yeah. Cowboys or whatever it was right and at that point, I was like, if anyone buys tickets to this, mm-hmm. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> we, were t- we were tempted to, or just oh, buy you, or just buy you a ticket. <laughs> you, I think Evan was in on it, mm-hmm. everyone. Oh, yeah. 
we were all about we were all about Sean Paul back in our early yeah. university days. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I just remember being so upset, and I believe Paulo said, "Oh, like it's don't worry, it's not Sean Paul." Because I said, "If it's Sean Paul, <laughs> yeah. you're getting out of my so, car." So you had a you had an inkling that it, that yes. it could be this, but he wouldn't lie to me right now. It's been such a well, good morning, you know. He said it was a mix. It's probably embedded deep into the CD. No, first song, just like. <laughs> Eject and starts like holding the CD out the window. <laughs> I, I think I think the song got two seconds in before you ejected it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but yeah, again, see, it's like it's moments like that that really you know show how the group dynamic is one way when it's just like the guys and I, but when you incorporate your, your like yourself in it, um, it, it it changes for sure, but in in a good way. Uh, we still are, end up having those laughs and all that. Um, you know, particularly either at my expense or at uh, Mackie's expense. Um, but you know, you're, you've always been, been a part of all of that since, uh, kind of the, the, uh, the university years. Um, so I'm super thankful that, you know, you're, you've been part of my life, you know, since then. Um, and you continue to be part of my life, uh, now, um, and I just hope it continues because honestly, there there will be a day where I'm just gonna run out of ideas of what to cook, or we'll have nothing in my fridge at one point, and I'm just gonna have to call you up. So, hey, by all means, there might not be anything in my fridge, but there will be a fully stocked liquor bar. I can oh, guarantee you that. I'm set. I'm I'm so I'm so ready. <laughs> I just need a I just need a nice gin and tonic, and and we're set. You know? Oh, that's easy. I'm pretty sure I have six bottles of gin right now. <laughs> I am. I'm excited because once this whole quarantine thing, thing goes away, you're one of the first people I'm gonna hit up and be like, "Dinner, please." <laughs> oh, easily. Mm-hmm. If you wanted, you could seriously just show up with a garbage bag over your face, <laughs> <laughs> and I can pack you a little to uh, to go lunchbox mm-hmm. ballon and you would be like sitting in your car and i'd be shouting from the balcony <laughs> <laughs> i would be i'd be ready for that um to kind of end off on that note um i don't like to get like political on the show or oh, anything, no. <laughs> anything no anything in that sense but it does remind me of you know we would always well not not every election but um the past election 2016 u.s election um, I remember coming over to your place and that's where we definitely, you know, had a bit of a potluck and all that. And, you know, being able to discuss, um, topics like that with, you know, with you, um, and with Mackie, uh, the three of us really, you know, were able to debate a lot when it came to, you know, economic and political policy, um, just based, just based on our backgrounds, right? That's kind of what we, what we learned, back in university so the fact that we were able to you know still exchange good banter and all that over a good meal um also shows that kind of different side of the friendship i guess that we have you know it's not all about the laughs when when it comes to when it comes to me you know we can we can you know tone it down and be a lot more serious when it comes to um certain certain topics so um you know i'm i'm just glad that i can always associate food um, with you, um, in the most positive sense. I think that's uh, something I'm going to take out of this, this interview that I'm having with you is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to associate those good feelings that you get when you get that good home cooked meal or that, um, you know, fresh batch of, you know, baked goods, 
um, I'm always going to be able to think of you because that's something that you embody in my life. Um, so I want to thank you for well, that. Well, that's so kind of you to say, Gates. Mm. That's really thoughtful. Yeah, um, no, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I remember I'm that glad. day, pizza and politics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pizza and politics. And then it became pasta and politics. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just kept evolving. Um, and again, it just... It just showed that, you know, good conversation can come out of, you know, a nice glass of wine and a good meal. So I'm really, really hoping for those days to come very soon. I miss them a lot. I miss you. I miss Chris. I miss the rest of the the uh, the group. Um, and I hope that, you know, we can come together once this whole quarantine thing is done, quarantine thing is done, um, and we can all chill again. So... Me hope, too. I'm hope, looking yeah. forward to hope, that. I hope you feel the same way. <laughs> oh, 100%. I promised you dinner and good drinks. I don't know about good conversation because who knows what the world's going to mm-hmm. turn to yep. at that point. But mm-hmm. I guarantee you will leave with a full tummy and you will come back. <laughs> oh, 100%. And I'm, again, I'm looking forward to that day for sure. And I, again, I hope it's very, very soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's been, you know, a really crappy few days with the rain and all that. Um, so I'm glad that, you know, you're able to bring, uh, bring your perspective to the show and, you know, gives us something to do on a, on a rainy evening, Tuesday evening here. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. This Mm -hmm. was so much fun. I'm glad. It's it's like. It was like Hawaii all over again, just raining and without the chicken. (laughs) Just being able to have like a good, good conversation, which at the end, which at the end of the day is all I wanted out of this podcast. And, you know, I I definitely would want to have you back on, on the show. Um, If anything to just, you know, have a, a nice, you know, gin and tonic or whatever and just talk, you know, and just have the recording go. Because for for the two of us, really, we can we can go off and talk about anything, and it'll oh, yeah. always be you know substantial or funny or you know we'll always be able to reminisce on memories or think about the future and all that. So I'm glad I can I always always have those conversations with you. We didn't even get a chance to talk about our girl JoJo. <laughs> oh yeah, our girl JoJo. Our girl JoJo. Uh, we yeah both have a huge crush on JoJo. Um, yes. <laughs> that was yeah. Hawaii yeah. was uh we let everyone know when we dance partied. <laughs> Two was, JoJo yeah. singing Aki, mainly me singing Aki <laughs> because I was just that excited about JoJo. You're too hype, too hype about JoJo. JoJo, if you're listening to this, uh we both love you. Um what's up though? I'll I'm single. For you. Come here. And I'm single. What's up? No. <laughs> yeah. She's way out of my league. I don't think I could ever make that happen. <laughs> Let's touch on this next time oh, I'm on sure. your show. <laughs> maybe, yeah, if I if I have a, maybe an adult beverage or two, I can definitely just go on about my love for JoJo. <laughs> exactly. And I can talk about her all day. Oh, of course. So. We'll play a, well, we'll play a song. Maybe we'll play it before so I don't get copyrighted and then we can get into that, that hype mode. <laughs> exactly. For sure. All right. Thanks again, Pam. Well, thank you for having me. For sure. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Two Meters Apart podcast. Make sure you follow along on Twitter and finally Instagram at Two Meters Podcast for any updates on the show. Catch you on the next one, everyone.